0: You know i did the western medicine i did the holistic side i'm like now i feel lost i feel like there's no other route and i was just like doomed i'm gonna have cramps i'm gonna have acne for the rest of my life and i'm just gonna have to deal with it um mm-hmm. and i just hated my body for giving me these experiences like why do i have to have acne why do i have to have cramps and i was just mad at my myself and my body and i honestly had a terrible relationship with a lot of the foods i was eating because I felt, okay, well, I'm doing this to myself or these foods are doing this to me. And I just had this like really like angry relationship with food and wellness and health.
1: If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. What is going on everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, AKA Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we have the privilege of getting to talk to a younger FDN out there, someone who is out there already doing the work, starting her own business, taking on clients. I think this is really cool in a few ways. One, I admit just selfishly, it's awesome to be able to connect with another young person who is engaging in the world of functional healthcare. That's always sweet. But on the other end, I talk to a lot of people at FDN and some people just go right into business for themselves. They have no problem with it. Don't think twice. Others have a lot of unfortunately limiting beliefs around, you know, can I actually do this? Is this something that people will actually pay for? And yet we have our 22 year old guest today who just graduated in December of 2022 and she's already taking clients. She's out here doing the business stuff, just not even thinking about it. She knows it works because it worked for her, and she wants to go share that with other people. I think this can be inspiring for those that are 40, 50, 60 years old listening to this, and they might have a ton of limiting beliefs or hesitancy, and then here is a 22-year-old going out and doing the work. So her name is Johanna Updike, and unfortunately, I did not get properly corrected until the end of the podcast. So I was incorrectly referring to her as Joanna during the show. So it is actually Johanna Updike. And she said to me she's always been someone who was interested in nutrition and stuff like that. She actually was in college prior to starting FDN and she was studying human um, anatomy and biology. It was actually really cool. She spent time as a research assistant studying genetic components to autism. This is something that her younger brother has dealt with and so she wants to get into neurodiversity in the future and how things like FDN can actually support that stuff which is such a great niche because it actually does work for things like that can be really life-changing for people. I don't know that it could fully fix every case. I think that would be a bit ignorant for me to say that, but I do know people have made tremendous strides using stuff like this. And um, even if it's not the FDN system, just applying functional medicine principles and nutrition really, really can help those people. For now, she is helping women with their cycles and hormones and also cystic acne. This was another place Johanna and I um, completely related She had pretty bad acne, just like myself, and that was the main motivating factor. Despite all these other symptoms that she had and that I had, acne is the thing that'll really kick you uh, in the butt and get you into high gear. And she found FDN by just seeing a few practitioners online who happened to have this certification and were posting about acne and the other things that they did. So when you think someone's not listening out there and you're wondering, oh, what's the point of this social media stuff? This is the proof. Someone's always watching, someone's always listening. Maybe they don't become a client. Maybe they end up doing the dang FDN course, but that's still pretty cool, right? I think we are in a community where, you know, we all have to make money, we have to make a living, but there's no shortage of sick people. So even to just see someone be inspired by your posts and content and then go pursue this themselves, uh, I would consider that a win in my book. I love this conversation very, very high energy. I think you guys will enjoy this as well. It can be a good episode to share with maybe a young person in your life that is trying to get into this stuff. We don't necessarily go over anyone's head by any means. We do talk about labs to a degree, but it's very story-based. And then we also talk about some of the struggles our generation's dealing with. Without further ado, let's get to today's episode. All right. Hello there, Joanna. Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast. How are you?
0: I'm good, Evan. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Guys, this is a really cool episode for us because we actually I don't well I didn't realize this until Joanna actually got on I'm like okay hey you look pretty young are you in your 20s as well so Joanna's 22 and the reason that's special is because I was making a joke with her that's it's not a joke it's just funny when I went through the course 6 years ago and and at the age of 21 that was the youngest practitioner at the time to have ever gone through and it's not that this is something that's not a bragging right unfortunately it's not that it's that cool anyone could really do this if they have the dedication it was more just I couldn't believe that All my friends were going out that were super interested in health sometimes, paying tens of thousands of dollars to college, and they didn't even know something like this existed. And, of course, we need people that go to college and have credentials for specific things. But... In my opinion, they would have loved something like this, and they never knew about it. My two friends that are going through right now, they're both chemists, and they are one has already quit his job to move into FDN, and the other one wants to leave the job. So it's just kind of crazy that they spent all this money, and this is kind of what they wanted to do anyway. Um, But it's also exciting for me because I'm so used to working with people who are in their 40s and 50s, which is awesome. And I've seen over these last several years that we're attracting people now um, on both ends of the... The spectrum, which is interesting, it's not just people in their 20s, but we have practitioners in their 60s and 70s now that they're retired and they're like, Hey, I want to go through FDN. So, um, really just cool to get to talk to you today, Joanna. And so, we'll dive into your story first. You've listened before, you know how we start this show. Um, mm-hmm. when did the health symptoms start for you, and what did they look like?
0: Yeah, so this goes, I, you know, although I'm young, I feel like saying it goes way back, you know, <laughs> so young, so it's just silly to say that, but it really does. Um, I've You know, ever since I was a preteen, when I started getting my first uh, menstrual cycles, that's really when everything started. Um, I always thought it was normal to have severe menstrual cramps. Never thought that it was something that was bad or anything. I just thought every woman experiences it because all the women that I was close to were experiencing it. Um, And so it was just something I always dealt with. And I always had, you know, a few breakouts here and there. Um, But what really was the driving factor is when I became Uh, young adult I started to turn 18 getting into college those cramps were getting worse and then my acne was getting worse and I've been always told you know you're a young girl you're a teenager your acne will go right away but over time my acne has only gotten worse um, as I get older so it kind of felt opposite so it was really that period of time when I was becoming a young adult and my acne was getting far worse that was really the wake-up call for me
1: okay yeah and um Joanna already knows and and probably many of the listeners do if you're uh, listening regularly. That was a huge thing for me. Um we had all these other things going on sure but acne's uh especially cystic acne is a heck of a motivating factor. And for those that are just listening on audio what's really cool is um both of us are are looking good today, right? Like I would never know that yeah. you struggled with this if you didn't even tell me that. So obviously something's worked here and very few people sadly actually get the results that they want with the cystic acne. And many of them do find exactly what you and I found. We're told, oh, hey, you'll outgrow this, you'll outgrow this. And for us, it was the exact opposite. The older I was getting, the worse it was getting. And so at a certain point, I remembered my dermatologist, I think she made a prediction like, oh, hey, once you're over 18, like similar to yours, oh, it's going to be fine. Why well, was 19 and my skin was by far not even comparable uh, to the worst it's ever been, or sorry, it was the worst it's ever been, not even comparable to um, any other time. So I knew even though she meant well, she was definitely wrong about this. So what were the first things that you started doing? Because I know that when we're trying to get help for acne, especially uh, many people might not realize this unless they've dealt with it like us. You're in the online forums, right? You're on the Google searches, you end up in some weird places, and all of a sudden, someone's telling you that, like, you need to use your own urine on your face in a concoction. And I'm not, I'm being funny, but I'm not kidding. Like, that's actually the stuff that you'll see online. It's nuts. So, did you just start searching around, or did you try Western medicine first?
0: Yeah. So, it's funny you say that because I've read all those things. I've even read the thing with the urine. Of course, never tried that. That's a little way too crazy for me. But um, I was. Uh, I, I, in my college I was biology major so I was very into western medicine and you know like medicine is the only answer that was kind of my mindset at the time and so I went to my dermatologist and I also went to another doctor and I got antibiotics and I got birth control because I figured might as well t- tackle the cramps and tackle the acne um so I was like oh there's no harm I'll figure it out um and so I went on both of those medications and nothing worked for the cramps. Um, absolutely not, like no difference at all. Um, but my skin actually cleared up completely. Like I had no breakouts and I was doing great. Um, and so this is the part of my story that makes me so upset because I had the clear skin like I was there at that point, And it was time to come off of antibiotics. I was on it for about eight months, which is very long. Um, and I was taking about like 150 milligrams of doxycycline every day. So... I was taking a lot, and that's definitely why my skin cleared up so quickly. Um, But when it was time to come off of it, um, my acne ended up coming back within the next month, and then it started to double and double and double and got so worse. I had severe cystic acne. Not a part of my face was not covered in acne. It was really, really, like, the worst experience for me. Um, And then on top of that, so I had stopped both medications, both the antibiotics and the birth control around the same time. Um, On top of that, my cramps ended up getting far worse, um, way beyond that I ever experienced in my life. And then I also started to develop new symptoms, uh, a lot of GI-related symptoms, um, severe constipation pain, um, gas pain, bloating, and I never had stomach issues. I had like a stomach of steel. I could eat anything growing up, no problem. And all of a sudden, everything was bothering me. Like, I would have my morning coffee bloated, my lunch bloated, dinner bloated. It was just absolutely terrible. Um, and so I was like, do I go back on medication to mask this or do I find something else? Um, and that was when I switched from the Western medicine mindset to the uh, more holistic route of things. Um, except I found, like, the vegan holistic side first. Oh, of <laughs> So I feel like that's like pretty common in FDN too. I see a lot of people talking about how they went dairy-free, you know, vegan, whatnot. So I wasn't full vegan, but I w- decided to go dairy-free for about, it was like, I wanna say six or seven months. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, my acne got even worse. Um, it was like severe, painful. Um, you know, I'll, I'll send over pictures and things like that, but it was just like so terrible. And I was really feeling at my worst, um, and as well as those other constipation and bloating pains, they continued, to, uh, to persist as I went dairy free and I was basically vegan. I didn't really eat a lot of meat, but I did still have some in my diet. Um, and then as I was experiencing this, like, you know, I did the Western medicine, I did the holistic side. I'm like, now I feel lost. I feel like there's no other route. And I was just like doomed. I'm going to have cramps. I'm going to have acne for the rest of my life. And I'm just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hated my body for giving me these experiences. Like, why do I have to have acne? Why do I have to have cramps? And I was just mad at my myself and my body. And I honestly had a terrible relationship with a lot of the foods I was eating because I felt, okay, well, I'm doing this to myself or these foods are doing this to me. And I just had this like really like angry relationship with food and wellness and health. Um, and so this was going on for... Probably about close to a year, right? That post medication, um, just phase of like anger and upsetness and just accepting my fate. Um, when I was scrolling on Instagram, I had uh, found an FDN who literally like just stood right out to me. She had posted something and she said, "Do you have severe acne?" I'm like, "Yeah." Do you have? Uh, did you go on a dairy-free or close to vegan diet? I'm like, yes. And she's like, did it not work? And I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. So of course I ran right to her page and I was reading all about what she does. Um, and so I had noticed she really talks a lot about polyunsaturated fatty acids. Mm -hmm. And that was my like gateway into the world of FDN, the world of pro-metabolic healing, um, and whatnot. So I, this is just
1: complete luck that you found this scrolling on Instagram.
0: And wow. it, it's so crazy. I mean, I'm, I, you know, people don't like to talk religion, but I'm a pretty religious person. Um, and I had spent, um, I actually found this page on Easter and I had spent all Lent praying and being upset and trying to accept, you know, like, this is my fate. I have to appreciate the way I look because, you know, God makes us perfect. Right. That was always my mindset. And so once I, I was scrolling, it was on Easter. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is like straight from God, like just a sign, um, so I just thought that was so wonderful to find her. Um, and I actually never ended up working with any FDNs because I figured I'm going to do this on my own, do my own research. And I was also, I couldn't really afford it as a college kid. I can't afford a lot of these labs and whatnot. Um, and so I decided to just do all my own research online. I switched my whole diet over and I found raw milk, like unpasteurized dairy. And that was like a huge gateway into um my healing process.
1: Wow. All right. So this is awesome. And it's a huge testament to people because I always, uh, there's a lot of FDNs in the beginning, especially if they're new to business, they're very scared to share their truth and share their stories. This was someone who is now an FDN simply because someone was posting something. And I also think it's our duty. I, I really believe this because this is one of the reasons I like doing the podcast. We have to share this message with as many people as possible because um, you're out there suffering. Praying literally for something to come your way, and sure enough, here it comes. But if that person had never engaged in that action, you know, you would have never found this either. It's interesting yeah. that you took this approach too of going through FDN because many people don't realize this. Uh, the one of the reasons I went through FDN is because you're right. I actually found FDN practitioners first. I was like, okay, I'm 21. This is crazy. I, I can't do that at the time. And I'm like, I can get monthly payment plans that are cheaper, though, and I want to learn it anyway, and I bet I can do the course super fast and figure this out and make some money somehow, and that's the exact same strategy that I took. I'm like, all right, I can afford the monthly payments, but I can't afford the FDN rate now. Now, that's not to discourage anyone out there from doing their own business. There are many people that don't want to go through the... Uh, Course and all it offers because it's a heck of a lot, but um, there's people out there that if you're desperate enough, especially with cystic acne, like I get this wholeheartedly. This is such a similar story where you know you're desperate doing anything that you can to find this, and then you get lucky enough. One thing, um, if we can, I want to just rewind a little bit because you talked about how yes, you stopped using the medication and all this stuff came back, and that's when this idea of holistic came into your mind. Uh, I'm still curious though because I know that our generation might just generally be more Uh, accepting of these ideas. But for me, I just, I can kind of remember this transitional period where I went from, okay, whoa, wait, nutrition and all these things affects this stuff. And I never really thought about it. Was was there some kind of particular moment that led you to that? Or did you just always know intuitively that, okay, maybe you can do this holistic thing? Like, is there any influence in your life that led to this?
0: Yeah. I mean, I always had an interest in nutrition. When I was growing up, I actually wanted to be a nutritionist. um, And then I was like kind of guided in a different direction. Um, but it wasn't just, um, like my own intuition. Um, my boyfriend's brother was actually going through a very similar experience, not acne, um, some other like symptoms and things like that. And he was trying to find a more natural solution. Mm -hmm. And so we would actually spend a lot of time talking about the things we're going through and like things we read online. And at one point he also thought dairy free and vegan was like the way to go. Like it's, it's pretty funny. We always would sit and talk about these things. Um, and we've actually like crossed paths so many times in our healing journeys. Um, when I found that FDN uh, found out about raw milk and things like that, he was actually finding about the raw primal diet and we had both messaged each other on the same time about you know changing our diet towards yeah. like eating meat again and things like that. So um, it was definitely like influence from the people around me as well.
1: Cool. All right, so then you decide, hey, I'm actually going to go through this FDN thing, and you graduated in December of 2022, which is really recent, yes. and what was cool is um, I when we her and I were talking today trying to get this figured out, one of the things that you actually said is, oh, I have a discovery call. So this is a 22-year-old person that graduated in December of 2022, coming out of college, and yet is already getting discovery calls. Now, I don't care about the success of your business or lack thereof. I don't know that. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. It's the fact that you're already out there doing this. And yet I hear, I don't want to say excuses. I want to be kind, but I hear a lot of reasons from people double our age that, oh, they can't do this or they can't get on calls or do whatever. And yet here you are just like, okay, I'm going to go do this. So I'm really curious about this, this whole career thing too, because from what I saw on your Instagram, I mean, it seems like you're pretty dedicated to this. How did you decide, Hey, I'm, I'm i just went to college for, I'm assuming the four years and now I'm transitioning into this. It's a heck of a change.
0: Yeah. Um, so when I was going through my whole, um, you know, acne story and, you know, change whatnot, I was still going to college to become an occupational therapist actually. Um, and I was studying biology. And I had like this change of heart, like, I don't know what I want to do anymore. And I never thought about FDN as a career at first, I always thought about it as just like, oh, this is just going to be for me Mm -hmm. to, like, get me healthier, whatever. And as I was like, having that crisis for what I want to do, and what am I going to do with this degree that I just got, I realized, like, wait, I I can make this into a career and help people just like me. Um, I also noticed so many people asking me questions, right, as my skin started to clear up, um, you know what like, what did you do? What are you doing? And I realized I enjoy sharing this with other people. So why not make it my career? So I decided I'm going to do FDN. So I waited till I graduated. So I started in May of 2022, spent the whole summer and fall doing the program. Um, and that was really just um, my like way in, like just True. realizing that I love like just helping other people like that.
1: Cool. Um. So that, that's awesome. We're glad to have you, obviously. And I, I will say, I mean, Even though I don't necessarily think someone should have to pursue it for just this reason, we can't deny that having those extra credentials, especially as a young person, that's going to help so much when you're interacting with people that, hey, no, I'm not just some – because I get this. I've experienced this. I'm not just some random 20-something that's trying to sell health coaching. I have legitimate certifications. I have legitimate knowledge in this, and and I can help you. And then we have the story on top of it. No one can take away the story, especially – Since you have pictures, and this is tough because not every condition can be something that someone takes pictures of. And not to mention, a lot of us don't want to take pictures when we are in the worst of our things if we can see it. So I thank God that I have the pictures that I do because they are horrendous, but they're my best marketing and they're the best way to tell people hey, this actually works and it it can work for you as well. Um, How do you find that? Because it sounds like already just based on. Your boyfriend's brother, you said that you were talking to about this? Yeah. Based on the people that you're talking to, it sounds like people are open to this, but how have you found like your circle of friends or family is like, are they accepting of this because you already have such a powerful story or how did this go initially? Like, hey, oh, by the way, I know I went through college, but now I'm going to go do this.
0: Yeah. So my parents had a hard time like adjusting to the idea of me opening my own business. They still are like, they definitely have like, my mom will mention to me, oh, there's an opening at a hospital. Like you should get a job. I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to work for someone else right now. Like I've found that this is really what I want to do. I think it's just like their mindset. They're both city workers. I'm from New York. So they're both city workers. It's like here, it's like you get your city job, you get your pension, like, right. Yeah. You have to have that security. So it was definitely, um, they, they're super supportive, but they're like super like, you know, maybe get a city job as well. But either way, um, everyone around me is super supportive. All my friends are also always asking me for advice. You know, it was really great. I got a lot of practice on my friends. I got to run labs on all of them. They were all like lining up, fighting over who's gonna get like the next service. So, um, I think it's also just my generation as a whole, or our generation as a yep. whole, just really cares about their health and um, wellness overall. Everyone's so curious to see what's going on inside. So.
1: Yeah, see, And I agree with this because, again, our generation also, statistically speaking, has way more health issues, both mental and physical, um, than previous generations. And, you know, it's kind of like the whole thing, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I don't think that's true because, again, we have 70-year-old people going through FDN sometimes. But I, I will say... Yeah, I mean a 19-year-old that has health issues and doesn't really know any better is quite receptive to any idea that they believe could actually help them through this. So, it's really encouraging to know that not only, I mean it's one thing for your friends to be supportive, to know that they were actually interested in saying, "Hey, I want to uh, do some labs and stuff." That that's amazing. So, are you finding now and I know that you just graduated, but are you finding that these people are actually okay with doing the work and making the lifestyle changes because I think this is one of the hardest things as people in our 20s, especially the early 20s or college days, I didn't go to college in a normal sense. I went for like a semester and a half of community college. So I never had a traditional college experience, but I'm very aware from friends, girlfriend, and family members what that traditional experience is like. You have every influence in the world basically discouraging the healthy lifestyle that would be necessary to get these conditions better. You're staying up late, you're binge drinking, you're hooking up with people. Like there's a lot going on, man. And it's very tempting and many people want to engage with it. So even though they might be interested in how you did this, are, are they willing to put in the work? I mean, is that something that you're finding? Yeah. I mean,
0: it definitely varies from like person to person, um, especially, I, it's believe it or not, I actually see more of the people who are willing to make a change than not, um, especially my age. There's quite a few. I, I primarily work with young women just like myself, and most of them have made incredible changes. Sometimes they do better. Like I look to them, I'm like, wow, you're doing better than me. I feel like sometimes like you're so motivated, you're so on top of things. Um, I tell them to do something and they do it. Like, for example... I tell them to, you know, for example, go, go gluten free maybe, or you know, try something. Yeah, I'll do it, no problem. You know, send me what things I nice. should order. I'm like, I'm like that's a huge like. If someone told me, like, you know, at like not knowing anything about this, just like, oh, go, go gluten free without all the research I have, but I'd be like, oh no, like I, I can't do that. Are you crazy? Like they, yeah. I say it and they do it, which I think is just so incredible. Um, they're really willing to make these changes to feel better. So.
1: Nice. Well, and that leads me to my next question, because again, I mean, you graduated basically less than three months ago, so we're not expecting something crazy here. But I mean, you literally went right into it, dove in head first, and you're going for the business side of things. It's just, This is awesome. And I think, again, it's very encouraging for people that... Have been in a traditional career for maybe thirty years, and now they're coming out and they're scared of the business side. Uh, to hear from a young person that's just like, "No, screw it! I'm just going to go do that and and take the risk." And it sounds like you're already having some success. So, what, what's been your approach? Have you been using the just the social media side? Or are you doing anything else? Like, have you gotten any real clients that are outside of friends and family? And no worries if not. I'm just I'm curious to see where you're at.
0: You know, I, I've gotten a few clients that like, people I have no idea who they are, which is Let I was like, just, like screaming when I got like a, I have like my Calendly, whatever. When I, I got that first thing, I was like jumping around. I'm like, I'm, like <laughs> I can't do this every time because like my cortisol is like through the roof. I'm like freaking out every single time I get a client. Um, but it's it's quite exciting. I have gone only through social media and word of mouth. Um, word of mouth seems to be a really, I didn't believe anyone. A lot of FDNs told me Um word of mouth is the way to go. I didn't believe anyone. I'm like, there's no way. But that's really been the biggest thing for me. Just going and speaking in my neighborhood, making myself known, um, even just like speaking to people like in a non, uh, like in, like lecture setting, like just when I go to the store, if I meet someone or, you know, just organically meeting people yeah. has been like huge for me. Um, and then for social media, every time I post my personal story or pictures, I get a message. So I feel like that's really the way to go. It's not just about sharing information. It's about sharing your own personal experiences.
1: Very cool. I would say, um, you know, I've had the same experience where I almost like never worry in the back of my head because I, I do a lot of other things right outside of FDN stuff. And it's pretty actually rare that I take a one-on-one client. Now we're doing some stuff at um, our local business where we're actually like funneling clients basically to my girlfriend, uh, best friend and stuff as they get through the FDN course. but. I, I will never worry about money because I always know that if I just post my personal story and that acne transformation, just like you said, I almost always get messages from this. And people are like, wow, this is awesome. Like how, how can I do something here? And I also have experience with it. So maybe that's helping, but you know, it's like, I can post that, get a message. We have a conversation. I now know I can help this person almost always. I can help them and you can make money doing a really ethical thing. Like actually serving someone that that's a great way to do business. I don't need you to um, tell us the specific numbers here. I'm just curious. Did you, with these first few clients that you've brought on, are you going like full out FDN pricing? Did you discount it a little bit? What are we working with there?
0: Yeah, so um, I definitely, I think Reed would tell me that I'm undercharging for what I do. He always says, like, I whenever I hear the packages, I'm like, I feel like it's so expensive. Um, I definitely um, am on the lower side right now, just as I, you know, get to, like, be adjusted to being an FDN and working out things, because it's not perfect, right? Like, there are still things that I'm learning along sure. the way. Um, and then also, I've noticed a lot of people tend to gravitate towards not working for like 90 days and just wanting to do run labs and meet once. Um, mm-hmm. so I found that that's really where people like to go. And then after that one session, then they end up booking later on and adding more labs. So, so far it's really more on the, um, like less expensive side.
1: Sure. Well, and the, and listen, um, you know, it's always tough because especially being a part of FDN, I gotta be careful about the v- advice I'm giving out because there might be advice that's like really great for me or, or one person. And it's not great for all the people listening. And it, and it can be misleading, especially if maybe they're new to FDN and they're listening to me and thinking that I know it all. And I, and I don't, um, I know maybe more than someone who's not an FDN, but I don't know everything about this. There's different ways to handle business. And so I think what you just said is realistic. Um, in the beginning, yes, there might be some different ways that you need to handle the clients. I think what you did with your friends is genius. That's, that's pretty much the only time I ever recommend working. With someone for free is hey, if you can get some friends that are willing to pay for the labs and they say, hey, tell me my results. And you're very realistic with them and say, well, just so you know, you're supposed to work with me for, I mean, three months minimum. But if you know that and just want to get some results back, fine. And then you show them some stuff, you get them a little better. They probably weren't the sickest people in the world anyway. And they write you a nice testimonial. Okay, cool. That can be a great time to work with someone for free. It can also be okay to work with someone at a discounted rate right now to build that confidence. But the way that you're going, I mean, you're going to end up like all these other FDNs. I mean, I I would love to see what a year from now brings for you, where I I genuinely believe if you're already out here with the confidence to do this, you're going to be someone that is one of our FDNs that just has that referral-based practice and is probably either hiring other people or has some type of waitlist and then when you get to that point guys it's nice because one you have a genuine confidence with this but two it's like why would i not just do the the packages i'm supposed to do and charge the price that i'm supposed to charge it's like you know, in the back of your head, you have a wait list, you know, that you got like 10 other calls that week. So you walk around feeling a little bit different about it. You know, you're like, all right, well, if you don't buy this $5,000 package that I know can serve you at the highest level, totally cool. I got 10 other calls this weekend or nine other calls. And and I'll work through that. So um, that's cool. Mixing the community with the social media type of stuff. If you don't mind, I'd love to ask too, especially as someone who went to college for, for technical stuff, for science-based things. How did you find the FDN course? And I, I know it's tough as you're on a public podcast, but I always invite people to be objective. Um, there's there's a nice way to give constructive feedback. So you're more than welcome to say things that you wanted improved as well if you found that there were any. But did the course meet your expectations? Did you think it was worth the money? I, I just want your opinion of it overall.
0: Yeah. Um. So once again, the course I found on Instagram, not from the same FDN that I had found about like my healing journey. It was actually mm-hmm. another person. I realized I'm like, wait, they have the same certification. Sure. So I was like, oh, I'm like, this is definitely something great that I'll, I'll want to go through. Um, and honestly, I really did love the course. Like I enjoyed every second of it. I found it to be very challenging. Well, not super, super challenging, but pretty challenging. I learned things that I didn't learn in my biology courses in college. So I always thought that was great, um, to learn something new. Cause I kind of went into it thinking, well, I'm going to know most of this stuff, just like the nutritional aspect will kind of be the new part. But there was a lot of anatomy and physiology that I learned the fdn course and i was pleasantly surprised um uh, i really did like really enjoy the course but i'm trying to think i think some of the things that i would have loved to see more of or maybe more of the lab trainings too um like for some of the more uh advanced labs that aren't included in the fdn right for like the dutch i got out into the world and i was like what is this everyone's running it this is stressing me out i need to know it um but It was actually pretty easy to find resources from FDN later on, but I just felt like I was kind of shocked with a few of the labs that I haven't heard of.
1: Sure. Fair enough. Um, And that's a great point. It's something worth addressing. So, because I think this is tough for us because we always want to offer more. But then, yeah, once you graduate, it's like, holy cow, like you, you for those that don't know, you get access to over 60 labs and counting once you graduate. I mean, stuff that we don't talk about at all in the course. And there's a bunch of advanced courses. So people always kind of wonder, why is that there? My opinion of this is this. The FDN course is made in such a way that if that's all you ever did as of right now, you could get the vast majority of people that you work with better. Don't work with stage four cancer patients. That's probably inappropriate for a freshly grad. At FDN. They need oncologists, they need a lot of other technical things, and even much more advanced functional people. But where we really kill it is these very common, but not normal hormonal issues that you're talking about autoimmunity. We are so great with that, I feel like because autoimmunity, not all of them, but most of them, you can kind of live a normal Uh, life expectancy, but you're suffering the entire time. So we don't have the same urgency that a cancer person does. And it's usually the lifestyle factors that are triggering the autoimmunity to begin with. So uh, we work really well in those populations. And so if that's all you ever did, and then you just went out and pursued the FDN side, you would be fine. However, um, we attract uh, a fair bit of nerds such as myself, seems like yourself, uh, (laughs) many other people in the AFDNP group, our professionals group. And even if we don't necessarily always need it to serve a client, we want to learn and we just want to say, all right, how can I add every tool possible into my tool belt over time? So you could still go out and do FDN on day one of graduating. You should do that, actually. But then you can increase your knowledge over time and you end up like – like Ryan Monaghan, I'm sure you've seen him at this point and yeah. he's been on the podcast. Ryan's brilliant. Ryan has gone through almost every advanced course that we have. I think he might've gone through every single advanced one that we have. So this guy's operating at a whole different level with the, in terms of education here. But you know what? His clients are, are somewhat similar to yours and mine, right? It's not that much different always. Um, the Dutch, I will say, can be useful. I'm glad we don't include it in the course because we'd have to charge a lot more. And then we'd add like another 20, 30 hours of technical stuff. Yeah. But if you are a practitioner who is working with women in any way, specializing in hormone stuff, I mean, you're doing that. I can see how that's beneficial. And I think it's worth taking um, that advanced course. And then we even offer the addendum stuff that's free once you graduate. So uh, yeah, that's why we have those type of things. I hope that makes sense to people. One of the things I'm curious about then is because you of course went through the course at a time where we now include four physical lab tests that you actually got to run on yourself. So were you surprised at some of the results or just maybe not even surprised, where you just find some of that interesting? Like what showed up for you that was notable?
0: I was so surprised. But also those labs really was what got me through the rest of like of course nobody I'm not perfectly healed, right? I'm not in like a great, wonderful hundred percent state of health, sure. but um it was really the the pushing, like, it got me to where I am today, like, finding those lab results. Um, I was so surprised, um, right? I had been on antibiotics, so I was pretty sure that my GI map would be, like, like starved of bacteria. It was, like, the complete opposite. Um, and I also, like, never, so I, I don't drink, I don't smoke, so I did not expect to see anything on that liver panel or the oxidative stress. I was, like, I'm, like, I'm not worried about that. And that was actually, like, one of the biggest issues for me. Um, I have, I'm embarrassed to share my, uh, oxidative stress level. It was over 25. Um, wow. where I, I was like so shocked to see that on myself. And I was like, for someone who doesn't drink, who doesn't smoke and for someone who's young, what, like, why is this the case? Um, but I've learned that over time, all those medications I was taking and throughout my whole life with the severe cramps, I was taking like half a bottle of Advil every single month.
1: Oh so my I, gosh. I'm like, how many pills is that a day roughly?
0: <laughs> oh no, I'm, uh, it was probably about like three to four a day for like three to four days a month. Like, so it's not like super, but it's
1: not how you're supposed to use Advil and people don't read the damn back of the bottle. They don't realize people are going to the hospital every day for the gastric bleeding because of those. Yeah. I was
0: in like, well, you know, when I was in, when you're in pain, it's like, you don't really, I'm like, I only care about like the pain relief right now. Um, so that was like a major thing for me. Um, just realizing that all those medications like really screwed up my detox pathways. And like, I'm, I'm not detoxing. I'm full of oxidative stress. Like I'm just like not in a good state of health. So that was kind of like a wild awakening for me. I was like, wow, like I need to kind of start shifting more things and working on my health to be even better.
1: Cool. Wow. Um. Did you, have, I got to just ask, this is such an oversimplified thing because it, it makes FDN seem like, we do so much more than this, but I'm just curious. Did you have some sensitivity to gluten or wheat?
0: Re- um, yeah, so my – I guess my secretory IGA was so low that the anti-gliadin came up low, too. I never did the food sensitivities, like the MRT, um, oh. but since my secretory IGA was so low and the anti-gliadin was so low, I'm just – you know, if you put it to scale, the anti-gliadin would be high.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. I think that makes that's yeah. a reasonable connection, and I I apply that with clients. Like when I worked with them in the past, so like yeah. we'll, we'll scale that. We'll say like, yeah, no, you're probably sensitive to this.
0: Yeah. So that was like one thing, but it was for me. Like I also was kind of not anti supplement, but I just didn't think supplements were the answer. Like I was like, oh, I don't need supplements and supplements until I saw how bad my labs were, and I was like, okay, maybe. I could bring in some antioxidant or, you know, detox support. And I haven't retested. I'm going to do it very soon. I have the kit waiting in my room. I've just been putting it off.
1: Well, and yeah, and you know what, I don't even discredit what you just said about the supplements because some supplements are, they're marketing businesses. They're not supplement businesses and they don't care about the products. They don't care about the quality. They are good at selling these things and they're crap. But with, a lot of the stuff that we're recommending at FDN, like when you're talking about companies like biobotanicals or microbiome labs, I mean, these are pharmaceutical grade stuff. These are fantastic companies. So yeah, no, they're, it's both are true. There's really lame supplements out there that don't do much. And then there's stuff, I, especially microbiome lab, shout out to them. I I'm shocked consistently by how much something like Megaspore can do. You're like these two little capsules make me feel this different and, and help the bowels this much. And it's like, yeah, that's actually what yeah. they do. What, um, what phase were you in for the HPA axis dysfunction? Did you get yourself to the exhaust? Yeah. One?
0: Like way super exhaustive. Like wow. I, I wish I could, I don't even know where I, it's too much to pull it up now, but it was very, very low, like nothing. And my DHEA was through the roof. Like I think it was like 14 point something. Um, hmm. so, but that's also very common. We see in PCOS patients. Um, and so I do have PCOS. So it was kind of like, just a confirming factor for me right there just seeing that um but it's funny i do actually well, it's not funny but i do see it quite often in cases where the female has severe period cramps i often okay. see that really low uh cortisol really really high dhea
1: okay this is and it's just interesting in general because i've noticed this correlation with uh younger people believe it or not so in the course for those that might be out of um out of the loop here. He read talks about that. Most people will see a low cortisol and DHEA. And then he estimates that about 10% of people, and he wasn't even hundred percent sure why when he did these, but he's like 10% of people, it seems that their cortisol goes low, but their DHEA spikes. And the only time I've actually ever seen that in practice is myself, my 27 year old friend, and now you. So I, I don't know if that's also correlated with like, maybe if we are younger, we're we're holding on a little better hormonally and the DHEA is trying to compensate. Cause mine was like two or three times the reference range when I ran this. Um, and then my buddy, Brian just got this done. Sure enough, exhaustive phase of HPA axis dysfunction at 27 years old Mm -hmm. and cortisol was tanked, but DHEA was high. And Joanna makes me wonder. It's like, think about all your friends and the people that you know, especially, so are you in New York city or just near it?
0: No, New York city. I'm in Brooklyn actually.
1: And I feel like, um, People are just getting hit in the city so much harder. I mean, you can't even walk down the streets of Philly or New York City because I don't go to New York City as much, but um, for work, I end up in Philly or uh, some of these cities a lot. And when I'm walking, I'm like, just what I'm inhaling, I'm like this. I don't want to do this. Can you imagine how many of our friends are walking around in the exhaustive phase already? And you just hope to God that they're going to wake up to these concepts. And maybe we can at least be there for them when they finally do, because if they're already in this phase now, what are they going to be at 30, 40 years old? I mean, this is a one-way ticket to chronic disease, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, I was shocked about the exhaustive phase for myself as well. I was just like, kind of like, I thought I would have super high cortisol because I tend to be a high anxiety, stressed out person. Um, Mm. And it was kind of like, oh my goodness, I've been in this state. And I'm just like, I, I need to get out of this exhaustive phase like soon because my obviously my stress and anxiety is causing rather this exhaustive phase rather than that really high cortisol, which what is what I expected to see.
1: Yeah. Do you um again, because I really wanted to focus on and it's nice that we have the time actually. I wanted to focus on like this this generational thing and like how we actually okay. deal with this. Are you finding that um a lot of your female friends, like do they do they have what we were talking about off air where like they almost like think it's normal to not have a period or have irregular ones? like do you have to almost like educate them on this idea that this is not ideal?
0: yeah, I mean, at one point, I thought that that was normal, right? I thought there
1: that, you go.
0: <laughs> I thought that period cramps were a just a part of being a woman. I just thought that that's what everyone had to experience and endure um and I find that with a lot of my friends too, thinking right that severe cramps where they're just like absolutely nauseous, they have to like stay out of work for like a week, they can't even like get out of bed, they're so weak, they can't do anything. Um, and they think that that is normal and just, oh, it's just a part of, you know, womanhood and no problem. So I see that all the time, uh, just thinking that it's normal and that you need birth control to regulate it. That's super common um, in my generation thinking, oh, birth control will just solve all your problems. Uh, but it, it won't.
1: <laughs> it, it's scary because by the time that a lot of women call me, it, it's always been like mid to late 20s. And they'll call and say like, it's usually something along this lines. All right. I got off birth control. So they did this themselves. They're, they're in that phase where we started out in where we're interested in this, but we're not working with anyone yet. So we're cycle of trial and erroring for natural health. We're just going through different diets or whatever. And they'll come to me like, Hey, I got off my birth control, uh, you know, a year ago or six months ago uh, because I was having symptoms. And when I got off, I haven't had a period since. And I'm like, dude, you're like 27 and you have not had a period for six months without the birth control. And she's like, yeah, like I know it went away on birth control, but again, the OBGYN told her that that was normal. I'm like, yeah, I can go away sometimes on this. And I mean, this is just, in my opinion, um, I'm not, I'm not uh, radical like one way or the other. I don't try to be at least, I think anyone that has listened regularly would say that I am fair to Western medicine, but doing this to young women, I feel like this is one of the more criminal things that we're doing. I mean, we are like putting hormones into them altering their hormones rather yeah. for years during their developmental phases and we're doing this under the guise of oh well you'll have a few less pimples which might be true but it's never actually solving this like this is crazy right
0: <laughs> yeah and and it's like these symptoms might be you know masked for a while but as soon as you come off of it it's gonna come right back out and it's gonna be worse because you know the birth control does so much to the body right it's gonna harm our gut um you know our gut microbiome it's going to hurt our mineral balance all the things you know there's so many things that birth control does um that's harmful um but also like you said so like these young women in these developmental phases i was i think 17 or 18 when i went on it that that's really young to be going on a pill like that and there's girls i know who go on it at 15 or 16 like there's you know there's no need for that there's so many other options out there and like you know like you said, like we shouldn't be too harsh towards Western medicine because there's definite important. Like there's a need for Western medicine, but birth control is something that should be very, very heavily debated going on. Um, I was never told any of the symptoms or anything that it does. I was just told that it's going to regulate my period. That was it. I didn't even know really what hormones I was putting into my body. I honestly couldn't even tell you what what it was that I was taking. So.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Ask any 16 year old uh, girl that's on this. You know, what is it that you're taking and what does it do fundamentally? And we we probably already stopped the conversation, right? And not because they're dumb. It's just, it's genuine ignorance that is kind of promoted by Western medicine because you're not really told the full story. Although I, did, did you ever get offered Accutane because I'm going somewhere with this.
0: Oh yeah. So many times there's, there's, <laughs> I could go down the list of the medications and after I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent now, but after I I got off my birth control. I went to a different doctor and I said, you know, I want to still fix my cramps, but I don't want to be on birth control. But she actually gave me a different type of birth control. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't think you understand. She's like, no, this one's so much better than the other one. And I was like, forget it. Then I went to another doctor. Um, and so for the acne, she said spirolactone, which like mimics Mm, testosterone, I believe I could be wrong, but, um, I don't
1: know that, but I've heard this I, yeah. it's not often but i've heard this being recommended for acne
0: and so yeah so i actually was like well can we like test my hormones and stuff like that no no you should just like that'll work and then i, I went on an online forum and i read about spironolactone and like women having terrible experiences and like growing facial hair or, like losing their period things like that um on this medication And i was just like oh my goodness i'm so done and i've been offered accutane plenty of times but um there was just something always like instilled in me. The fact that I, you have to get like the blood tests every month, like to check your liver health. I was like, that just doesn't sound like it's a safe drug.
1: Right. Well, and that, that was kind of my point, because as much as I absolutely detest the idea that we are taking advantage of pimple-faced teenagers and young adults and convincing them that a former chemotherapeutic drug is somehow necessary for their acne, I, I detest that. But what I do appreciate is, even the dermatologist that recommended that to me did not for one second, I believe underplay the side effects potentially that could come with that. I mean, there was the whole packet that you have to sign. Um, she did tell me this as a last resort. She did try many other things before we got there. And in her world, she did do everything that she knew how to do and was trained to do before she recommended Accutane. So no condemnation towards her at all, but at least you kind of, even as a young person, you kind of get what you're, What you're going into, it's like, okay, damn, I've never had to sign for any other medication before, but yet we'll we'll hand out the eight months of antibiotics like it's nothing. We'll hand out birth control like it's nothing. I'm not necessarily comparing those things to Accutane, but they're not particularly side effect-free things either. Um, There are studies showing that one or two basic courses, one week courses of penicillin increases the risk of anxiety and depression in the person over 20% for the next year. I mean, th- these are things that greatly can affect us. And yet, yeah, we're throwing on you on doxycycline for eight months. Isn't that the one that they use for Lyme, I believe?
0: Um, I'm not sure, but I'm, I am i think that's I a Yeah, I'm like not super like familiar with a lot of antibiotics, but yeah, I was, and I, it's crazy too. I was on it for a while and I had. Started developing these crazy like um, constipation pains and just like bloating, so I went to I went to two different doctors, one for the antibiotics, one for the birth control, and I went to both of them asking them like, what could is this causing this pain? The dermatologist told me, no, um, you know that that's probably the birth control. There's no way that antibiotics could be causing you stomach pain like that. That like exactly his words, and I was like, oh okay, no problem. Never was recommended a probiotic anything went to the gynecologist. Oh, you know, my, my, my dermatologist told me it's probably the birth control. Do you know why this is causing stomach pain? No, 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 no. That's the antibiotics. There's no way the birth control could be causing you stomach pain. So
1: it's just like,
0: it just, I'm like, well, obviously something's wrong. So I have to figure it out.
1: Yeah. Um, well, again, it, your skin looks awesome now. It's so cool that you made this progress. Um, and not that this, this isn't bad either way. No, no one cares. Just I, I want to be realistic for the audience. Um, may I ask, are you currently on any medications or like prescription creams for the acne or did you just nail this by doing the lifestyle stuff?
0: Yeah, no, I, I was for a, while, a long time ago, I was on it, but the creams did nothing for me. I do no medication, no medicated creams. I have a skincare routine and I, uh, I go get like facials every now and then. Um, I get like red light therapy on my face, things like that. So I know you have a red light therapy, (laughs) but, um, so I do some like other, you know, outside external things, right? Like I, you have to make sure you take care of your skin on the outside as well. It's not just, um, your diet, but a huge, huge aspect is that diet. Also for me, exercising was like a huge thing, adding in I never used to. Um, and that was where I really felt a huge difference.
1: Nice. Very cool. And this is inspiring for people. So this is a severe case of cystic acne done naturally, and I'm in the same boat. And I think the problem is, um, Joanna, most people, they, and I understand this, they never actually are able to fully test what natural can do because they get so damn desperate that they do go on. Um. Accutane or something. And I've had a lot of people, I saw this, I won't mention the name, but I saw this with a vegan person before and they were online on YouTube claiming to cure their acne naturally, but they had been on three courses of Accutane as well as well. Now I'm not giving this person crap. I'm not even saying that they were being malicious. I don't believe that for a second, but with all due respect, how can you possibly promote your diet? Whether it was paleo, whether it was keto, even if it's something that I'm in more favor of, how can you promote your diet when you took three courses of Accutane? I mean, for, for many people, because of the side effects, that's actually why Accutane works. Most people don't realize it's the side effects of the original intention of the drug that leads to it being quote unquote beneficial for acne. You're permanently changing things in your body, in your sebaceous glands, especially. Mm -hmm. So when you do that, how could you argue that any supplement or any dietary change was the thing that helped you if you've permanently changed your body versus, you know, someone taking the antibiotics? Yes, that sucks, but it's a temporary thing. And clearly it did not work permanently because you got worse after. Yeah stopping them, right? So it's just tough. Like we need people out there like you and I who it's like, no, we haven't taken these drugs that permanently changed our body. We did have the severe cystic acne and we got it better by doing the lifestyle stuff.
0: Yeah. And like for me, uh like yes, my skin did clear up after I went on medications, but as soon as I stopped them, that's when my problem really started. Like I look back at pictures before I went on medication and I'm like, what was wrong with me? I'm like my skin looks so clear compared to what it did, yeah. you know, later on. I thought like a few breakouts was like the biggest deal in the world. I was very obsessed with the way I looked and I didn't want to have to wear makeup and things like that. But for me, it was really the medications caused the severe cystic acne. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to do this to myself again. So that's really how I found that the natural path
1: awesome um I, I won't ask because again you only graduated like two and a half months ago so it's not really fair to be like hey what's your craziest client testimonial we'll hopefully have you back one day and then we can ask that then yeah. um so one thing I will ask just like what's your goal are you just shooting for that full-time Fdn thing like is that that's what you see for in the future
0: yeah I, that's what nice. I want to do I've opened my own business as soon like I hit the ground running like I opened the business like right before I I did like the final oral exam because I was like wow. I want to start right away. <laughs> Um, and I had my Instagram since I was a student, I was just like posting and things just as I learned throughout the course. Um, and so my goal is to just be full-time FDN, hopefully build up my business to be successful enough to hire other FDNs maybe in the future, but when within the foreseeable future, just, you know, I just want to build up that wait list right now. That's my main goal.
1: Yeah. Day by day, where can people find you and follow you?
0: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at nutrition by Johanna. Um, and that's really it. You can just find me there or you can always email me nutrition by Johanna at gmail.com with any questions or if you want to chat.
1: Oh, I apologize. I'll make sure I, I do that in the, um, in the beginning of the episode. So it's Johanna. It's not Joanna.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. Okay.
1: It's, Got it. it. Well, I like getting people's names right. And, um, unfortunately I just, I looked at that I'm like, oh yeah, it's probably Joanna, but. It's always the ones that seem more obvious that, that get me. So cool. That's where they can find you. We'll have those links in the show notes, of course. And uh, this is cool. I hope this works out well for you because it's it's a unique thing. You know, we have uh, a wide variety of people that listen. They're mostly women, but the age ranges do vary quite a bit. And so um, hopefully there's going to be someone on here listening today that's like, you know, in their 20s and, and maybe they didn't fully resonate with some of the other people that came on and they're like, oh, okay, damn, this is my person. Like this is yeah, who I this is who I needed to come on today. So I, I believe you know this, if you've listened to full episodes, I have my signature question for you to finish up today, uh, since we effortlessly got to our 50 minutes and my signature question for you is if I could give you a magic wand and you could wave it and get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's actually do one thing or stop doing one thing, what is the one thing that you would get them to do?
0: Oh, well, that's a tough question. There's so many things going through my mind right now. Um, Okay, if there's a magic wand, I would make everyone stop eating seed oils. Um, That's like my thing. That's one of the things I post about the most. Um, I'm always talking about it. If I had a magic wand, I could get rid of something in the world. It would be seed oils. Um, It's terrible. Look at the packaging. Things that seem healthy have sunflower oil, have canola oil. So always look out for that.
1: Cool. Johanna, thank you so much for coming on today. Like, Welcome to FDN and just uh, congrats on what you're already doing. And I'm sure you're going to have much success in this.
0: Thank you so much.